0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration
1: and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed
0: the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez, Martinez to Clifford, feet to the right side to
1: Foley with a shot, save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings,
0: and royalty reigns again in the
1: What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of rinkroyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville, and before we get going, as always, we want to let you know that you can find us on Twitter at rinkroyalty and also at royalty underscore pod. We got a really fun show lined up for you tonight. Uh, I'm just going to put it this way. As Motley Crue once sang about girls, 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 we're going to talk (laughs) about trades, trades, trades. And so before we get going here, I want to bring in our panel, as always, uh, Mr. Ryan Sykes, what's going on, Ryan? Hey, Scott, I'm good. That was actually a really good reference there. Yeah, well, you know what, I saw the end uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, I'm a little, a little inspired, a little Motley Crue inspired. So
2: I saw them on their supposed uh, farewell tour uh, here in Chicago, and oh, that's uh, awesome! Alice Cooper opened up for them. Yep,
1: I saw them in Saratoga.
2: Yeah, and
1: it was, and but, you know what, Cooper was awesome.
2: Anyways, we're That's already cool. off the rails.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
2: <laughs>
1: well, I think Ellis Cooper's a hockey fan, so it's all good.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, And also to get on this trade bonanza show, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's happening, Russ?
0: What's going on, guys? Let's talk uh, trades.
1: Let's do it. And it looks like we uh, we started our show at the right time because, uh, what was it, about half an hour, 45 minutes ago, yeah. there was a breaking trade in the NHL. Uh, The New York Islanders acquired Kyle uh, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the New York Islanders for their uh, 2021 first round pick, a conditional 2022 second round or fourth round pick. I'm sorry. And a couple of prospects. So what do you guys think? That's a hefty price to
0: pay for uh, Palmieri and uh, Zajac. I know they, uh, the devil's kind of, I think they retained 50% of their salary, Um, but the Islanders are going for it. Lou Morello is uh, known to be, one of the big movers at the deadline. So he knew he was bound to make a trade. Uh, I thought the Kings and the Islanders would be uh, good trade partners. Who knows? They still could be, and we'll probably get into that a little later. But, um, yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, that, that first round picks a big price to pay. What do you think, Ryan?
2: Oh, I was just going to say that. We'll we'll end up finding out the, the fruits of the trade, you know, uh, in the 2021 draft.
1: Yeah, and you know the thing is too. I mean, I was just talking with an Islanders friend of mine, and he's thrilled about the trade. Which you know I can't blame him. He's got an exciting team there, right? But the thing is, is the Islanders are butted right up against the cap again next year, and yeah. so they're going to have to try to find room to, to re-sign Paul Murray. Yeah, so, I can
2: I can see it from both fan bases' perspective because the Islanders obviously need some help with Anders Lee out of the lineup there. But New Jersey's getting another first-round pick to keep rebuilding.
1: Well, yeah, and, and that's huge for them, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that Paul Murray wanted to stay there, to be honest with you. I think he wanted to get into a situation where he can start doing some winning now, which... And it's nice, too, because I think he's actually from Long Island.
2: Yeah, Smithtown, oh, yeah. Smithtown, New York. Uh, it's interesting, though, because obviously it's part of a, a much larger package, but 17 points in 34 games, we're going to kind of segue to it here, but Alex, um, I follow it. 23 and 36 games uh, kind of the rumor I guess circling around is could I follow net a first round pick
0: yeah I think that's a big question mark I mean for me personally I, I mean I don't, I don't see that happening uh, I think that there was a little rumor circling around that I follow was being looked at by the Islanders and I guess that we can dive into that um, I actually had a Twitter question from a uh, DJ Jazzy 99. On Twitter, Ooh, and you said hypothetically, name. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Hypothetically, if I follow is moved to the Islanders, what do you think the return is? Um, I don't. I mean, now obviously it's probably not going to be a first round pick, and who knows if the Islanders are even still going to be moving. But like I mentioned, Lou Morello does like to make the moves, and um, I, I was talking one of the, with one of the writers for the Islanders uh, a couple of days ago, and he had mentioned I, I was looking into some of the prospects too, and one guy, one name that kind of jumped out was Robin Salo. He's a dynamic left-shot defenseman, and he's pretty much ready for the NHL right now. He's finishing up a season, I believe, in Sweden, and uh, he could be on the move over here um, relatively shortly to North America. So if the Kings do move Iafalo uh, to the Islanders, that's the name I would be looking at. I know Kiefer Bellows is another name that the Islanders have been trying to, trying to move around. Um, he's a left wing. He played on the U.S. national team during the World Junior Championships a couple of years ago, and he scored, scored quite a few goals and he's projected to be, I think a top nine winger. I wouldn't say uh first line winger, left winger, but he's, he's a big kid who can, who can put the puck in the net. Um, that's another player. I think the Kings would look at, but um, with the move that the Islanders made right now, um, it, it'd be tough for them to kind of move any more big pieces away.
1: Well, and don't forget Kiefer's is also the son of Minnesota North star's great Brian Bellows. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine the Islanders going after I now. I mean, I, I would imagine maybe they got a, a couple more minor moves to make, but they're, uh, and again, they're, they're still cash strapped. I mean, it caps, I should say cap strapped even with that 7 million with, uh, you know, Lee being on LTIR. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, think that they're that I've read somewhere they're looking for a little bit of de- uh, defensive depth as well. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> guess that kind of leads to the question of where do our guys go then? if they're going to go anywhere. Yeah, and that's kind of why I thought that the
0: Islanders and the Kings would be pretty good trade partners because, I mean, Blake mentioned at the virtual state of the franchise a couple weeks ago that they're in a prime position with the cap they're in that they can take on bad contracts. And um, when I asked that writer the other day, I also asked him about that. And he said, yeah, he can definitely see the Kings maybe taking on the the lad contract. Uh, I believe he's got like 4.5 mil left for like a couple more years. And he's not really, I don't even know, he's even playing, but... Um, if the Kings can take on that deal, like, then that even sweetens the pot even more for them to um, trade away. I follow for maybe a keeper Bellows and a Robin Sallow. Who knows? But um, it's interesting.
1: Sure, it is. And I mean, well, that's I think Lad spent most of the year in Bridgeport, the AHL. So yeah, he you know, has just,
2: was, just one goal in four games, Scott.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, you kind of feel sorry for him. I mean, he was a tremendous player in the NHL at one point, but now it's kind of father time caught up, I think.
2: Yeah, he was an outstanding, um, in a a supporting role with the Blackhawks during those cup run years.
1: Mm -hmm. And then he got paid.
2: (laughs) And then he got paid. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, I guess that leaves the the big fish left, uh, so far anyway, would be Taylor Hall. So, I I actually thought that Buffalo was going to make a concentrated effort to re-sign him, but it doesn't kind of look that way anymore the way everybody's talking. And it kind of looks like the fire cell is going to be on. Um, I kind of tend to think he's going to end up in Boston, actually. But that could be a prime spot for, say, an Alex Iafalo. Maybe a Dustin Brown, as much as I would hate to see it happen. <laughs> because let's face it, Boston desperately needs some secondary scoring. Okay, And I was just talking about this with a friend of mine. Boston's a great team, don't get me wrong, not taking anything away from them. But could you imagine where that team would be without the perfection line? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's all. That's pretty much. Look where at their we're score all. boxes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I could definitely see. Uh, if, I mean, I follow kind of has that kind of nose for the puck, kind of Boston kind of play style to him. So I can see him in in the Bruins uniforms. But um, I don't I don't know if the Kings and the Bruins are big trade partners. To be honest with you, I just don't I just don't see it.
1: Yeah. Think,
2: think, right? uh, maybe one of those Eastern teams. You know, uh, Pittsburgh, Boston. I think, I think they hook up with one of them. To be honest, well, I don't. I'm not sure that they're going to help Colorado out or something like that. You know, well,
1: I don't think anybody wants to help Colorado. Out <laughs>
2: <point>. Man, they <laughs> they don't even need any help, right?
1: No, no. You can keep <laughs> your picks and prospects. We're not giving you anything more. That's <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, man, they look every bit the uh, Stanley Cup contender that people projected them to be right now. I think they're like 13-0-2 in their last 15 games. Don't Man. quote me on that, but I think I saw that in the uh, numbers that are all jum- jumbled in my head. Um, just jumping back real quick to the Taylor Hall. Uh, I was listening to NHL Sirius XM radio, and one one of the landing spots they had for him was going back to Edmonton. Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that.
0: That would be a mistake for the Oilers. I mean, I think Taylor Hall, I think his best bet is a Colorado. They have they have some cap space. They they have a I mean, they're going for it now, obviously. And just when you if you can put him with uh, maybe Cadre on the second line, um that first line for Colorado is pretty solidified with Ranson and uh, McKinnon and Landeskog. But if you can put him on the left side with uh Kadri, that just that makes them even more formidable formidable if that, that was even the, they could even do that with the amount of players that they have over there. But um I think Colorado is probably the best landing spot for Taylor.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it would be so much of a mistake if Edmonton did that because, I mean, then they would be able to kind of split things up a little bit, maybe even keep Dreisaitl with McDavid, and then you could have RNH with with Taylor Hall on the second line. But the only trouble with that is, of course, he's a free agent at the end of the year, and so is RNH. So now the Oilers are in that situation. Well, who do you want? And do you want to give up a lot of assets to get a rental that may or may not work out? Of course, that's always a question of trade deadline. But that's essentially what you're doing there. And I do think that Edmonton might need some help on the back end, too.
2: I was just going to say, I mean, the big knock on them has always been their defense, right? They're in the middle of the pack of the NHL right now, pretty much tied with the LA Kings at 2.9 goals allowed per game. Um, Not sure about their goaltending heading into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I know. Is this really Mike Smith?
2: (laughs) Is this an Edmonton Oilers podcast? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's get off of them <laughs>
1: uh, well I'll tell you what let's do a let's do a listener question How's Sure. That? so we'll go to the first one up this is from Austin Mandy and let's see should the Kings try and see what they can get for their first round pick and will the Kings make the playoffs and if they do how do they fare against the competition
0: well I like Austin's uh, optimism
1: yeah <laughs> I yeah
0: I mean I, I... Up until
2: a couple of weeks ago, I was on the playoff train. But after after the past, like, three or four games, it's pretty apparent that they're not going to make the postseason unless just everyone else, you know, takes a dump in front of them. But, um, yeah, they're pretty much – they're trending towards another top five pick, to be honest. I, mean, I think they're, what, four points ahead of the Ducks right now. Three games in hand. Uh, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's not pretty –
0: no. Yeah, I don't see the Kings trading their first round pick. I mean,
2: well, I don't either. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be. I mean, kind of a wrap around to that. It's probably going to be a, a, at the very least a top ten pick.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they could be in the number one or two spot this year, right? Because of the change of the draft rules, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I would obviously not see that happening at the trade deadline. However, once we get into the off season, if that pick turns out to be a number three or number four pick overall that could really turn into a nice trade piece for the big blockbuster deals they keep talking about wanting to bring up. So
2: Sure. Yeah, I could definitely
0: see that, Scott. Well, I mean, the the, the thing with that is that I don't remember the last time a team traded a top-five pick. I don't think that's happened in quite a while. But, I mean, the thing uh, thing I like about if the Kings do have a top-ten pick this year, there are, like, at least three or four lefty defensemen that are going. I mean, Luke Hughes will probably be one or two. But then you have Owen Power, who was the projected number one overall pick before the season even started. Yeah. Um, Simon Ed, um, Edmondson, I think, I think I'm pronouncing that last name right, um, but yeah, there's some names out there that the Kings could would love to have if they do have that top ten
1: pick. And there's also Brent Clark. I was just going to say that oh, yeah, Carson Clark, yeah.
2: Lambo's as well. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's heavy on the de- defensive side. But
1: mm-hmm. the only question I have is, how close are these guys to be in the NHL ready?
2: Well, that's the thing, Scott. How much I mean, longer do we want to you know, wait? It, yeah, I couldn't have said it any better, so I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly I, I, what I was going to say. I mean, event, eventually we got to start seeing these players. I can't just keep watching the rain uh, for my source of uh, optimism, for lack of a better word. You know? Right. I need, exactly. need to see these guys at the NHL level, and which, by the way, watching the the – the rain games is the the camera view is like watching it from space. You know they don't they don't have the close ups of the zooms or the slow mo's that they do in the NHL, so it's it's tough to it's tough to watch.
1: And they kind of screw the clock up sometimes too, which really drives me nuts. But <laughs> well, last night last night
2: they didn't up the update the the score until like a minute twenty three left in the game. So I mean, people just tuning in think it's three to two and it's actually tied. But I mean, I, I'm first world problems, right? I'm complaining here, but. <laughs> Let's move on.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on to another another question. Sure. So this is from our buddy Richard Sarabia Mister Dirty Harry, and he wants to know how satisfied have you guys been with the Kings so far this year, and are you trying to catch Kings games live now that Staples Center will be opening soon? Well, I can answer that second question as no, <laughs> hundred miles away, unfortunately. So that's a big no for me.
2: Yeah, have to wait till next year. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Russell?
0: You're out uh, there. Yeah, I might, I might partake in a game game or two if they open up. Um, as far as the first part of that question, uh, it's it's been up and down. I mean, when I went into the season, I've told you guys I've been all about development this year. I just wanted to see the young kids playing. That's all I really cared about. Playoffs were kind of on the back burner, but if they made the playoffs, that's great. Um, at the start of the season, it was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, with those first couple of games against Minnesota, but then they went on that six game win streak and you're like playoffs, playoffs and everyone was kind of excited and you kind of see maybe that trajectory with the way that the other four teams were playing the Coyotes and all of them. But um, now it's kind of getting to the point where, okay, this team isn't a great uh, five on five team and it's starting to catch up to them because their power play isn't what it was at the beginning of the year. So you kind of know that the playoffs might be kind of in the the back of, like not going to make it this year so. Um, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I'm just saying it's – it's. I just want, like you mentioned, Ryan, uh, I just want this rebuild to kind of start accelerating a little bit.
2: Yeah, and it would be interesting. I mean, when rosters expand after next Monday, I mean, are we going to see some of the – play the kids, you know? Are some of the kids going to come up and we're going to see Quentin Byfield who just scored his eighth goal last night for the rain? Oh,
0: that was a a beauty. Yeah.
2: I mean, I know they're not going to burn their entry-level contracts, which is fine. I think we have, what, 19 games remaining, something or, or to to that effect. But, um, you know, let's start seeing them get into games. I want to see Arthur Kelly back into another game. I want to see Quentin Byfield get his feet wet in the NHL. I mean, could he really possibly do worse than Blake Lozade at this point?
1: Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Uh, no offense if... to
2: Blake Lozade, but it's just like he's, we talked about it with Dennis Bernstein a, a couple weeks ago, but – Um, Blake Lazat's just a placeholder on, on the roster until, you know, some of the center depth starts to graduate to the NHL roster.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could even bring them up like two at a time, rotate them through. So you're not burning up their first years of their ELCs. I mean, that's, but they, they have to start doing something with this. You know, I mean, the personally, as a fan, I'm getting impatient. So I I think I'm with you on this one, Russ. Am I disappointed? No, because I wasn't expecting them to be that great this year. Mm. Um, are there things that they could be doing better? Certainly. You know, I kind of get a little bit uh, frustrated with their uh, lack of urgency sometimes, I guess. Uh, I think that more oftentimes than not, they need a kick in the pants, which isn't very encouraging. Mm-hmm. I understand well, they're a young team. I get it. I, I totally get it. But it, to me, it kind of seems to happen a little bit too much.
2: How many times have we heard in the post-game media calls and the, the after the morning skates, um you know the we gotta we gotta start fast um we need a sense of urgency is like well where the hell is that we've been waiting this entire season then drew dowdy goes out and calls out a lot of the guys on the roster obviously um, none of them were named but i'm sure there were certain discussions in the locker room uh that were not so friendly um but uh yeah no i agree that's what a leader should do i mean he's is 31 years old. He wants to get back to the playoffs while he's still uh, "quote unquote" in his prime, still productive. Um, but you know, the season overall has been fun in my mind. But I'm going to look back on these last four to six games, or whatever it may be, especially the, the Shark series where they got swept in all four games, and Martin Jones looks like a Vesna candidate. And which, by the way, guys, Martin Jones allowed four goals last night to the Ducks. <laughs> Of course, so he did. I, I think that it stings even more um, to see that. And I watched the highlights of that game and there were a few like weird deflections um, that were kind of out of his control, but you know where I'm going with this. Like he's not, he's not this elite goaltender and I thought the Kings just should have played better in those series. And you look ahead after this coyote series, uh, what they got Vegas and Colorado coming up next after the sharks this weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not getting easier.
1: The weird part is is they always play better against the better opponents.
2: I know. They play down to their opponents.
1: Figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think But one thing I think we can all agree on is we're just happy to watch some hockey after the last year we've had.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: I
2: agree. I agree. You know, I was talking (laughs) to – he's not with us tonight, but uh, the other Ryan on this podcast said, you know, 19 games, 10 months without hockey. Let's just enjoy the rest of the season for what it is, man.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, part two of Richard's question this is a very another optimistic question, but I'll just read it off anyway. <laughs> uh, sure. If the Kings made the playoff, which opponent do you want to see them play against? For me, the Knights, since I despise them the most. LOL. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I wouldn't want to see them play the Avalanche. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess the Knights would be the, question, the pick of choice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely.
2: I'd like to, honestly, I'd like to see them get a, another shot at the Wild, to be honest. I was honest just thinking that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on. Let's see. We got another question. I don't know who it's from. But anyways, it says, uh, uh,
2: it's says... Vet- it, uh, this is Richard again. We should have just invited oh, him for this podcast, yeah.
1: I know, right? <laughs> I love it. I love participation like this. This is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh Question is, what are the mm-hmm. best options for the vets like Carter, Brown, and Quick? Do you buy them out or trade them or let their contracts expire and not re-sign them? Well, I think you got to take that one one at a time. Sure uh for me personally i think carter's got to get bought out at the end of the season there's just i'm sorry there's just no other way around it you got to buy him out
0: Mm -hmm. i mean i agree yeah he's
1: not gonna retire and you hate to do it to a guy that helped helped you out so much success but it's time i mean i'm sorry it's time
0: yeah unfortunately with his contract i just don't see much trade value and that's kind of why i've been posting his uh buyout option from cap (laughs) friendly on on twitter but um you gotta wait, wait till after the expansion draft, of course. But then after that, I think you just gotta pull the trigger. I mean, I know, um, I've heard that he brings a lot of leadership to the locker room, which is great. Um, but is the production on ice is just not there, and it's it's just tough to see. And I, I don't, know, I don't want to say he's bringing down like a player like Velarde, but it's definitely not helping Velarde's game. I feel like it's that pair when they've been paired together, it's just it's not working.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to we'll get to Velarde in a little bit because uh, he's kind of in the doghouse right now. But uh, regarding Carter next year, I agree. I mean, I posted that article a week ago or so now. Um, I think you have to buy him out three point nine million cap it next year, uh, less than seven hundred thousand dollars a year after. the The responses to the piece that I put out, I saw a lot on both sides of it, which I mean. Uh, I get the emotional attachment to Jeff Carter, but you got to look at it the same way. Uh, The Kings are going to have Kovalchuk's contract off um, this year. And forgive me, I'm forgetting the other guy right now. Um, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. But it's like over $10 million coming off. So you swap
0: that and it's like a net $6 million savings. Yeah, I've heard the counter argument is that, well, the Kings have so much cap space. Why do you have to buy him out? Well, it has nothing to do with cap space. That's to do with the roster spot. I mean, we can't, right. we can't just keep the kids down in Ontario and just keep playing a player like Carter. It just make, doesn't make sense to accelerate this rebuild.
1: And, you know, the, the thing is, too, I mean, would it have really hurt to let Matt Loft skate with Lardy for a little bit? And I know that sounds kind of weird, but, I mean, if you're going to stick Carter with him and it was obviously not working, why not just give Matt Loft like a 10-game window? Say, here you go, kid. This is what we got for you. Show us what you got. And maybe he meshes with Velarde a little bit better. I mean, it's all hypothetical, and it's just me basically spitballing. But I don't think it would have hurt the Kings. And, again, I don't mean to sound like a Grinch or anything like that, but to maybe even healthy scratch card or a few games. I'm sorry. But, I mean, if you've got to get these kids up and you've got to get them playing, well, that's a roster spot. That's like gold right now for them.
2: Yeah, and Matt Matt Luff had two goals for uh, Ontario last night. And, yes, I know that's the AHL versus the NHL. But at the NHL level, the Kings registered at least one point in nine of the 11 games that he's played in this year. He has just one goal to show for it. Um, But, you know, (laughs) kind of to your guys' point, throw him on the bottom six. Like, this this is obviously not working. Change something up for the remainder of the season. you got to get a look at him uh because he's what he's 20 he would be 24 in like 20 days or something like that exactly um and i cannot remember it and i i can't remember if he's a free agent after this year, or restricted free agent after this year yeah he's an RFA. RFA yeah. This year. yeah exactly I mean,
0: the, the counter argument i will say he's paid he's played 62 games in the nhl over the last three years so i mean we've kind of Kind of see what we can get, but I mean, at this point, like you, like you mentioned, it's just you got to shake things up. Why not? Why aren't we trying different things or new things? But is he any worse than Austin Wagner right now? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, Austin Wagner signed to a three-year extension, so right, got to keep him right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
2: I get that. I mean, throwing out contracts aside, I just think you got to mix something up on the bottom six because if they're if their top line isn't scoring. Uh, I think Jesse Cohen of all the King's Men podcast posted something uh, a couple days ago over their last like eleven games, they had like two point one goals per game or something like that. Something around that number.
0: Yeah, it was it's just putrid.
2: Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we got Brandon Lemieux on the fourth line now. We'll see what kind of spark he brings.
2: I'm interested to see his impact, uh I guess if any, you know, just to see the dynamic. Obviously, the whole team is going to have a sense of urgency uh, tonight. We're recording this um, Wednesday for the series finale against Arizona. But um, I, I do think they're going to come out like a bat out of hell tonight. They have to. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it'll oh, be interesting right. to, to see Lemieux's impact.
1: So what about the other two guys? We'll start with Brownie. That's, I think uh, to me, that's the toughest one.
2: It is because he was reportedly generating interest from the aisles. Um, he might get some other interest from the previous teams that we mentioned, but um, he's got what another year left on another two years. Another year.
0: Yep, another yeah, year.
2: Another year. I think Brown, same
0: as Carl. Uh, I think Brown has a trade value. This this trade. Value, I agree. Which is, 30, which is interesting. Yeah,
2: he's thirty six, but I mean he's scoring a ton on the power play. I don't think he's he hasn't done much lately, but um, neither of the Kings. So <laughs> yeah. well, we talk about we,
0: we talk about the East Coast bias. I mean, I'm sure people don't really realize how he's putting them in. I'm sure they just look at his stat line and they're like, oh, wow, look at Dustin Brown's all those goals he's scoring. Oh, got to got to get a player like that on our team. So, I mean, I, I think Scott mentioned like, you can see Brown maybe going to a team like Boston. Um, I'm not sure what his value would be. Maybe maybe he does net a first round pick. I think I don't think I follow would get a first round pick, but I can see Brown maybe getting one. I mean, that's you don't get a lot of players like Dustin Brown who's able to put the puck in the net. He brings that tenacity and he has most of all he has that playoff experience. So oh, that, and like,
2: the, that and the physicality too. I mean, it's just that's such an underrated element of his game.
0: Yeah, but, so, you know, teams like, like the Panthers or like the yeah. Bruins or even the Hurricanes might be looking. I mean, I would love to see um, them make a trade with the Hurricanes and maybe see about prying away like a defenseman like Jake Bean or somebody. From, like, I know. From oh, no, I I mean, well,
1: my God, you're going to send uh, Hurricanes Twitter into a... Well, the, the only reason I bring that up, so, I mean, <laughs> we were, I, was,
0: I, was, I, was, I did my research here on this one, but the only reason I bring that up with the Hurricanes is they the expansion drop coming up. They're gonna have to um, expose like a Hayden Flurry or a Jake Bean. So, do I know. they move a player yeah. like Bean uh, away? I mean, for those who don't know, Jake Bean's a really good left shot defenseman. And yeah. If and he's only, I believe he's 22 years old. He's playing yeah. like limited minutes right now because of the logjam on defense. But uh, they have Dougie Hamilton who's gonna be a UFA. They're talking about re-signing him. So if they re-sign him, then they have to leave a Hayden Flurry or a Jake Bean exposed. So. If the Kings do are looking forward to make a deal and they want to trade um Justin Brown, Justin Williams is one of the advisors for the GM over there. And who knows who yeah, knows Justin right? Brown better than Justin yeah, Williams? So now.
1: that would be a good option. And just on a side note though, can you imagine all that defensive talent that Carolina would end up having to have had to trade between Adam Fox and now if they have to get rid of Jake Dean <laughs> the expansion draft? Man. Mm-hmm.
2: Brutal. Oh, yeah, I uh I touched on that a few weeks ago and got massacred on Twitter for trying to take away uh, Jacob Slavin from them. Um, But, you know, I I also, uh, I mean, deservedly so. I mean, but, uh, you know, they're up against the cap. They got 2.3 million in projected cap space. They got a few unrestricted free agents to re-sign, a few restricted uh, as well. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be able to keep all of them. And, you know, obviously you said it, Russell, the expansion draft, So I think they're going to end up moving something to get something back.
1: I think so. And, you know, that's – but that's the crazy thing with this trade deadline is because the expansion draft coming up too. That's going to either hinder or create some moves. Right. Mm -hmm. And
2: Carolina has three seventh-round picks in the upcoming uh, 2021 draft. Uh, One of them from us, by the way. Um, I mean, how often do seventh-round picks – pan out maybe they'll maybe they'll add that and try to move up or something like that
1: well hey Matt Roy was the seventh round pick
2: yeah I know that <laughs> <laughs> thank you Scott
1: yeah, you're welcome, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so the last one of course would be quickie that's that's going to be the toughest one to move I think uh obviously you're not moving Kurt. <laughs> I love it I love uh, it
2: Two spots, two spots. I two places. I <laughs> I'm just seeing his man, his message now. Um, the two places I see Quick ending up are in Colorado behind Grubauer, or uh, behind Jack Campbell in Toronto um, with uh, Frederick Anderson um, out of the lineup there. But Quick hasn't played that well uh, over his last five games. You know, three goals, four goals, two goals, four goals, three goals. Uh, four of those are losses. It's just I don't know, guys. I, I'm almost tempted to to hang on to him because you have to leave a goalie exposed for the expansion draft. I'd almost leave Quick exposed and see if Seattle takes him.
0: Now, I don't know if Seattle would take him, but I mean, that would be that would yeah, kind of be. But I mean, yeah, yeah. No,
2: I know what you're saying. You, for sure. you have to leave one exposed. I mean, you could bring up Matt Valalta or something like that, which is a whole other story in itself. You know how I feel, Russell, but. Yeah. um <laughs>
0: But But no, I think an option in terms of quick and like you mentioned, Toronto is one of the options uh, that they're probably looking at getting a goalie. I think if if there is a trade there, I think there would have to be some kind of Frederick Anderson, uh, Jonathan Quick kind of swap. I mean, I know Frederick Anderson right now, his injury, he's got a little bit of an injury uh, problem going on. But um, that would be something to see another trade just like just like it was, uh, I think, what, last year when they traded Jack Campbell. Yeah, And then all of a sudden we trade another goalie. So the two goalies the Kings had last year are now in Toronto. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think Kings fans would would appreciate Quickie getting another playoff run now. I don't see them obviously making a playoff push this year, unfortunately. But, I mean, if Jonathan Quick, like you mentioned, the last five games, he's just looked kind of rough. So I don't know how much tangible trade value he could really have. Um, But he does have, like Dustin Brown, he has that playoff experience and he He's probably one of the best big-game goaltenders there still is in, in the NHL. So, um, oh. yeah, go ahead, Scott.
1: Hey guys, I, uh, I'm not ruling out Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I would, Scott, definitely. I was, I was just game as as you,
1: There's no way I'm ruling them out.
2: Yeah, Scott, just as you were about to say, I was going to jump in and say, you know, Quick was linked to the, the Penguins and a uh, potential Casey to Smith swap, you know, bringing over a 29-year-old goaltender to back up. Yep. cal peterson uh leave him exposed at the draft and then you could sort out the draft picks and all the other pieces that make that puzzle work um but yeah uh, i think that could work as well
1: well yeah, especially think- now that you got you know with brian hextall being the gm who right. know quick very well and had a lot of success mm-hmm. with him you know mm-hmm. and you got brian burke who's not afraid to you know pull the trigger on any kind of a deal himself so i mean is it likely? Probably not, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. I certainly wouldn't, especially yeah, if I, It's going to miss a lot of time.
0: I see the <laughs> I see the Leafs and the Kings being good trade partners too. I mean, that's I mean, just from the history, there's precedent. I mean, yeah, they've right. made two big trades in the last two years. So Sheldon Keith and Rob Blake are, seem like best buds when it comes to on the phone. Um, and the and the Maple Leafs have some pretty good young prospects. I don't see them moving like a Nick Robertson, but who knows, maybe they do want to move Erasmus Sandine. I know there's a lot of love for that kind of player. And just another left shot defenseman who's got that offensive upside. Um, so maybe you can package it. Like, I showed you guys just report before we hopped on, there was a report a couple of days ago in the Toronto star that the Maple Leafs have their, had their eyes on Kempe, which mm-hmm. like both, all three of us were probably like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's, that sounds good to us. Like if you want to trade us whoever for Kempe, um, that that's fine. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I I
2: messaged you guys instantly. I was like, I will drive him to the airport myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, I think... that's that's nothing to Adrian Kempe. It's just he's kind of just out of time, you know. He mm-hmm. almost twenty five years old. We know what we have in him. It's just he's not a consistent player, and Kings need that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Kempe, Kempe, and William Nylander played together on the, I think it was the two thousand sixteen World Junior Championship right. roster so then, in Sweden. So there's a little bit of familiarity there, but. Um... Maybe you, there's a package there with Kemp being Quick um, going to Toronto for certain players back. I mean, uh, we've liked what we've gotten out of some of the production from some of those trades before. So Trevor Moore's looked good. We got to yeah. foot, uh that first round pick for uh, Jake Muzzin and Sa- Sean Dursey and Carl Grunstrom. So Gerundstrom, so who knows?
1: Well, and that's, just, that's the thing too. You know, you got to remember in, in bringing up the kids next year and if you're going to make a, a free agent splash – you gotta have some roster sponsors. There's just no getting around that. Exactly. So, so let's go guys, to another. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. It's just I was just gonna say while we're kind of dancing around the bottom six forwards, who do you guys see as kind of sticking around
0: while the prospects come up? Do so you know what's funny is. I've actually kind of liked Austin Wagner's game the last few games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to be that guy. Oh well, No, I mean,
2: Russell, you have a fair point. He's been very noticeable on the ice um, lately. Uh, just, I don't know. It's the same reasoning with Kempe. He's just not consistent enough. He has speed mm-hmm. and dot, dot, dot.
0: Yeah, and then, but that's the thing, he's starting to use his body a little bit more, which I really like to see because I mean, that's what I thought is like we all know about his speed and we all know about his breakaway percentage is probably like 0.005 or whatever. But, um, <laughs> he, if, if he's able to put the puck in the net eventually on those breakaways, then he's going to have some value on the bottom six with that speed. If he's able to get on the four check fast and put a body on somebody, then he's got value, and that contract that he has is, isn't the worst thing. I mean, he's playing with Blake Lazad, and like you mentioned, he's not probably not long for the Kings roster. Um, and who knows? I, I, I kind of like what I'm seeing. We got Brandon Lemieux now. He'll probably be a, a, a fourth-line player for the Kings going forward. Um, you don't give up a fourth-round pick and just for nothing for a player. So you'd mm-hmm. want to keep him around. But um, I think Austin Wagner is someone who could stay. And there's But we're just waiting for the kids at this point. There's got to be some call-ups coming soon.
2: What are your thoughts on Carl Grundstrom? Oh. <laughs>
1: that's, that's a tough one. I mean, Wagner. Just going back to him real quick. To me, is it is a great fourth line player. Mm-hmm. I mean, all right. So he screws up his breakaways. Well, that's kind of what fourth fourth liners do, right? Yeah. But that speed does create a forecheck, and it's like Russ said, he is using his body a lot more. So I don't really have that much of a problem with with Wagner. Grundstrom, I thought was going to be fantastic, and then he kind of just tailed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a kind of a young player inconsistency thing. I get it, but I mean overall, guys, I don't think the bottom six is their biggest concern. They have got to get the second line stuff addressed, and yeah. it's been the, the 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 thorn in their side for how long, right? So I think that's where you got to see significant change. And you know, I'm I'm just telling you right now, I if they don't put Quentin Byfield in at, at least the three C spot, when they bring him up, they're out of their minds. And yeah. honestly, I would not be surprised at all to see him at the two C spot by the end of next season.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, we've, all right. we've, I mean there's all this talk about like, well, who's going to be our second line center. I'm like, okay, did, did everyone just forget we just drafted a second overall pick <laughs> that's a center yeah, know, that's right. like projected to be the best player out of that draft now? Like, no, I mean, Quentin Byfield's probably going to be our second line center. And now, and then all those people that said, Oh, I don't want to trade for Jack Eichel. Well, are probably the same people who are saying we don't have a second line center. Okay, well, there's moves that's got to be made. But if we don't make a move, we have the pieces for it. Gabe Velardi can still be that second line center if you give him the wingers to play with. If he, sure. for I mentioned mentioning if, you, if you're able to acquire a top line left wing to, if you don't move Ayafalo, to move Ayafalo down if he's re signed, then you have Velardi playing with Ayafalo, who's got a solid forechecking checking game. Who can forecheck for Velarde, get him the puck, and then Velarde can use his playmaking abilities to find that scorer. So, there's there's pieces that are coming, and that's kind of that's why I'm always uh, preaching hashtag play the kids. We need to get yeah. these kids in the system, and if we're able to get uh, Byfield these uh, six games um, before the end of the season, um, so we can get him a look in the NHL. Um, I would like to see more. I want to see t- Alex Turcotte. Alex Turcotte's playing on wing now. That's a he was playing right wing last last night. So who knows, maybe he gets a spot on the Velarde line and plays some good um, forechecking minutes. He's looked great on the forecheck. So there's still plenty of players that are available in the Kings, and we just can't forget about the prospects we have now. We don't need to go out finding a second-line center all of a sudden unless we really want to make that Jack Eichel trade.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, I just don't know if they have the appetite to make the Jack Eichel trade. I I I really don't.
2: He's going to cost
1: a lot. I you know and I listen I get Eichel is an elite player there's no doubt about that but I I just don't want to see it get in the way of of us seeing what Byfield can do because you're going to have Eichel for another 4 years if you if you get him and not to mention it's going to drain what what assets you have forget
2: that and and uh, I mean another the king's have cap space but he's what a 10 million AAV, Correct. yeah 10 million yeah, Which exactly. is
1: actually isn't going to hurt you now. But in a couple of years, when you're starting to contend and that window is opening, you're going to be right up against the cap and you're not going to be able to make moves.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So- and Byfield, Byfield, maybe who knows, he could be better than Eichel. I mean, the last few games I've seen from Quentin Byfield, I've been impressed. That last goal he scored last night was, I mean, to take away the puck a la a- 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 Pavel Dotsu and deep the goaltender out of his jock. That was very impressive <laughs> yeah. got,
1: got on my feet for that one so you' just playing with so much confidence right now too
0: yeah yeah absolutely
2: well gosh I have to preface this with um I know it's kind of an unfortunate situation going on in Ontario right now but it's been kind of a a blessing in disguise and I say that every I think everyone knows what I'm trying to right. say here um, that Quentin Byfield has been able to stay in the AHL because he's starting to show that confidence, as you've noted, Russell. And mm-hmm. it's up to eight goals now. Um, I can't remember how many points he has off the top of my head, but uh, the next step for him is to move up to the NHL. I mean, you got to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, and when I say play the kids, I'm not. I mean, I'm not mentioning Byfield. I'm not. I've been a proponent of not burning that first year ELC, especially, right. especially this year. Yeah. um but i mean I'm, i want to see players like fagamo get a, get a look unfortunately he got hurt or else i think he probably would have would be playing on the kings right now um and i want to see like alex turcott or Akil thomas get up and get those spots cuz i mean those alex turcott was a, f- a fifth overall pick and i think all, like all the rest of that top 10 is it has been in the nhl at this point or maybe just besides him and, uh, i think phil broberg out at edmonton but that they need to. They need to have looks. So I'll keep preaching that. hashtag. Play the kids. Um, I, I know we've had a look at Kupari a couple of games. Uh, Cali has had one, and then now we have um, we have uh, who else? Who else has had a look this year? But can't off the top of my head. But um, it's time to get some more more kids from Ontario um, up on the roster. Like Scott's men- mentioned, uh, the bottom six right now just needs needs a change.
1: Well, oh, you know the thing is too I. Now I, I gotta agree with you, Ross, about not burning the first years of the ELCs because it's pointless, right? Yeah, what, nineteen games left.
2: Nineteen games. Yeah. If
1: if they were gonna do that, I would have been okay if they'd have brought a couple of them up midseason and said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go for it. We're gonna burn the first years of your ELCs, and we're gonna see what you got." And but it's it's way too late for that now. You know, it's pointless.
2: Yeah, I think I think what I would do is once rosters expand. You gotta play Quentin Byfield on the days that the Kings play and then just send him back down to Ontario for the um the rain games. You know, uh, the ones that don't overlap. Obviously tonight, again, we're recording Wednesday, they play at the same time, uh seven PM Pacific time. Um but just kind of
0: alternate those days, you know. I think they'll probably wait till the last six games and just play the rest of the season. Like yeah, six or I, seven I, games I think I, 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 I think I think that's probably the best option for him unfortunately with the situation going on in the Ontario Hockey League those four kids aren't able to play play hockey right now so uh, it's like you mentioned it's a blessing this guy that he's been able to play in the AHL this year in this I unique, unique
2: it's situation just, it's just so unfortunate what's going on up there yeah it, yeah it
1: is. it is but you know but even I mean, even going into next season even if the CHL NHL agreements amended where say one or two players from each team can play in the, in the AHL. I don't think Quentin Byfield needs to be in the AHL next year. He needs to be a full-time NHL or next year, beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's no, oh, absolutely. Way the yeah.
2: You time. can't send him back after this.
1: No way. That's no like
2: way. uh that's like Milton in office space being demoted to the basement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, so let's see. Well, I think we got one more question here, which we've already pretty much answered. But uh, I'll just say it anyway. Uh, Should the Kings make moves to force them into the playoffs, or should they wait until after the season to make the big moves? Should Velarde stay as a center or be moved to the wing? If playoffs are not an option, how many kids should get their cup of coffee? We've already pretty much touched on most of all that. Um, I honestly think that Velarde may end up on the wing, going forward you know especially into next season um maybe i mean like i said Quentin byfield is your in in my eyes anyway is your number two at least by midway through next season and then where you're going to put velarde because you got jad right right
0: i think the biggest yeah i think the biggest surprise for the kings this year has been alex turcott moving to the wing yeah that is a player i did not see moving to the wing i didn't either yeah
2: Yeah, and he's had success there. Yeah, too. and he's looked
0: great. I mean, he's like I mentioned, he's establishing the forecheck very well. He's got hands that able to get the puck out of the dirty areas and distribute it to the, the playmakers. But I mean, as far as Velarde goes, that he is not a a wing player. He is a centerman. That he's not a, He's not that quick. He he doesn't have much speed to his game. So for most centers, I mean, he's he's like he's always been compared to like an Andre Kopitar and a Kenny Malkin. That's that's always been his comparison. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't shoot the puck. Obviously, DB always hashtags shoot the puck. Gabe. He he doesn't. He's not a shooter. He's a he's a playmaker. He needs to find the open winger. So I think uh, it's nice to see Alex turcott playing on the wing because now that the Kings have that versati- versatility with Turcott, that's that's a great advantage to have a player like turcott playing on the wing. Um, but another player I could see moving to the wing is Kupari. I'd like to see him play some wing, some wing minutes. He's he's got the speed to um, get down in the dirty areas and make some plays um, use that speed to play a little bit more aggressive as opposed to um, playing the defensive side as a centerman would but I like to see uh, Kapari maybe making a move to the to the wing but as far as Velarde goes keep him in the middle that's where do he's got to be
2: do you see Akil Thomas agree. moving to the wing Akil
0: Thomas I don't actually you know what I'll take that back I nobody's going to have to a- Akil Thomas is a very versatile player also I mean I, I, he reminds me a lot of Trevor Lewis. That's he's the prototypical Trevor Lewis player with more skill. And, and from what I've seen with the Kill Thomas's his game, is that that's a type of game that can translate very easily to the NHL. So I always mention like play the kids. He's one of those kids I want to see playing. Um, yeah. Him and Alex Turcott are kids that I think should be up in the NHL by the time the season's over.
2: I don't know if Alex Turcotte would be called up, Russell. I mean, he's kind of been limited by injuries this year. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know I, I I think he stays in Ontario I could be wrong but I think he stays in Ontario
0: yeah and the only reason I mentioned Turcotte is because that um, transition to the wing if he was still playing center I would be I would be like oh yeah you got to own that your skills in the AHL and playing the center position the center position and then NHL so that's a that's a bigger dog you can't uh, you can't like we've seen with Vlardi this year that's that's a hard transition from the AHL to the NHL playing that center position so.
1: Absolutely. And the only reason I say he's probably going to end up on the wing is because he just can't seem to stay out of McClellan's doghouse. I know. That's twice, Mm -hmm. what, in two weeks? Yeah. Twice in two weeks? I don't know how much more patience Todd's going to have with him. Well, it's hard to say. In the
2: the morning skate a few days ago, his body language just looked so defeated. Exactly. Uh, It wasn't like the typical Gabe Velarde that we saw earlier this year. He just he didn't look comfortable. His body language just said he wasn't – he didn't have any confidence in his game. Um, you know, obviously, he was dropped down to fourth-line winger with Blake Lazotte uh, as his centerman. Um, and he was brought out of the doghouse back up to the 2C, and now he's back in the doghouse, and he won't play tonight. Um, I'm really curious to see how he responds and how he plays the rest of this nineteen twenty games of the season.
1: Okay. Well, you know, yeah, and the thing is, too, go, just going back to Alex Turcott real quick, I, I love what they did with him, getting him some time on the wing, because you know what he actually reminds me of now is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Hmm. Great asset to have, right? You need a winger, put him on the wing. Oh, mm-hmm. we got some some center depth problems. We got injuries or whatever. You can slot him into 2C or 3C if you have to. No problem. You know, I uh, think it's a, a wonderful thing to be able to have.
2: And it's funny because uh, Coach Robo kind of did that because he and Arthur Kaliev were having so much chemistry They're in the world juniors. Um, you know, obviously Rasmus Kapari was centering that line. So move Alex Turcotte to the wing. Uh, and, and they were suddenly scoring uh, at will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the defense couldn't stop anything, but they were scoring.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. So, uh, I don't know why we do a little rapid fire here. So we'll kind of go around the, the table here. We'll, let's see uh who we think is gonna go. I have to not necessarily give me a package. If you wanna throw a team in there, fine. If not, oh well too. Let's start okay. with you, Russ. Who's gonna go?
0: Hmm. I think Dustin Brown goes at the trade deadline. He's I mean, got too much his his goal, like I mentioned, his goal scoring is gonna pop off the off the paper when the teams look at it. He's got that playoff experience, which is just something that teams really value. As a, uh, coming around this year, um, who knows? Maybe, like I mentioned, like maybe the Hurricanes take a call or give give Rob Blake a call, and uh, they offer a uh, Jake Bean or something. Uh, I know the Kings would probably have to eat some of that contract um, in order to move him, um, but I think that's a player that could, as much as the Kings fan, Kings fans are, uh, could go in the trade deadline.
1: Wow, I like it. a bold prediction right to the start. Yeah, bold. Russ Morgan comes out with just bold arms <laughs> swing and swinging. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ryan?
2: That's tough. I mean, Dustin Brown would be a tough pill to swallow. Just obviously, given or given what he's provided to this franchise over the last seventeen, eighteen years, whatever it's been. Um, I see Aya follow or Kempe going. Um, follow could come back after or in the off season, but uh, that's not, that doesn't seem to be very common, you know, Uh, get traded, then come back unless you're Patrick Marlowe. But he's got more production than Kyle Palmieri, uh, who was just obviously traded before we started this podcast. And some teams are going to need that kind of second to third line left winger depth for the push to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing I, I've, I've been saying, I follow. I know the rumors are out there with him, but I just don't see him leaving the Kings. He's got he's he's a he's a really solid player. They've done their work. They've done their research on him. Um, Who was a college free agent, so and then he made the team that year. So he's a. I mean, I, I think I saw on his Instagram he's making surfboards in California or in Manhattan <laughs> Beach. So it's like, where does he, he want to move to, Toronto? there's no sense yeah. but, um, but I, there's a name I'll throw out here that's gonna, that I think might move in the off season Sean Walker I think the Kings yeah. right side of their defense is pretty stacked and I'm really really high on Brock Faber and I think Brock Faber makes the team after the co- collegiate uh, season's over next year so where does that leave a player like Sean Walker we already have Drew Doughty we already have Matt Roy Sean Walker's got a very very inexpensive contract and I think teams come calling yeah. I, was, but I think that, that doesn't happen to the offseason. That doesn't happen to the offseason.
2: I was just going to say, Russell, he's got a very tradable contract, mm-hmm. 2.7 million cap hit for the next uh, three seasons. Um, I'm going to throw another name out here for you guys. and I asked you guys this in, in our private chat, and I'm going to get slaughtered here, but uh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to shoot my shot. Tobias Bjornfoot. Kings have kind of the same player and Mikey Anderson and Bjornfoot. I think they need a little bit more scoring on the left side. Something has to give there.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. if there is that deal for, I know Bernstein has always mentioned Dallein, uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest <laughs> proponent of trading for Dallein and Nigel on the <laughs> yeah, that. I'm going to let you two argue about this while I watch and grab yeah, another beer. I don't, <laughs> don't want to get into that bit right now, but I think if there is a trade for a, a dynamic left uh, shot defenseman coming up, I think Bjornfoot is definitely a part of that package. That's that's a team that's going to want a player like Bjornfoot coming back in that deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility he could end up getting traded. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, it's been said over and over again. Some of these prospects are eventually going to have to get moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You only have so much room right absolutely and and Ryan I think you're exactly right when you say it. Mikey Anderson and Tobias Bjorn are, are basically one in the same They, they really I, are. I,
2: I hate to say that because I, I like both of them just from an emotional attachment you know um, yeah. but I also want the defense to be scoring a little bit more than they are right now
1: well listen you got to make some room to get Curtis McDermott back in the lineup too so. I know yeah. <laughs> got to get him back on that Top four pairing.
2: Yeah, I'd move them <laughs> up to left wing if we could.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like trading and other players, there's I feel like there's only if the Kings are gonna have to make a big move this offseason. That I mean, we're I think we can all agree on that. Whoever it's a left shot defenseman, left winger, anything, they they have the prospects to make the move. I think there's only really in, in far the way I think there's only a couple players that I wouldn't move. It's Quentin Byfield. It's Matt Roy. It's Drew Doughty because I don't just don't think anyone's going to be able to want to take Drew Doughty's contract on on um, Jay Kopitar and then Cal Peterson. I think those are only the five names that I think that are just untouchable. You got to keep those players. All other players, if you want to trade us somebody like a Philip Forsberg or a Kyle Connor or Nikolai Ehlers, so be yeah. it. Everyone's everyone's on board.
1: <laughs> I agree. I totally agree because you know it's prospects are great, lottery tickets are great, but lottery tickets don't always hit. Uh, just to close out, I'll tell you guys, I think it's going to be Iafalo and it's going to be Athanasiu that goes at the deadline. Oh, Isn't yeah, it? I can uh-huh. see
2: that too. Yeah, It was part of a trade package that netted two second-round picks last year. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, I think there is value for and, – uh, and I love what he's done for the team this year, Athanasiu. But I just – you know, it was a prove-it deal, right? And with us needing roster space next year, I think you take what you can get.
2: His RFA status, though, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. If he it, was an unrestricted free agent, I could definitely see it. But that team that takes him on can keep him next year um, for obviously whatever they want to tender him and negotiate and work out with his camp.
1: Which I think actually boosts his value up a little bit. I, I yeah. would agree with that yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, and going back to just who who's going to be brought up. I mean, don't sleep on Leah Anderson.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another guy that I've grown attached to. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be that top six forward they need, but I mean he certainly could be a legit top nine.
2: Yeah, I Most mean certainly. if he's if he's a uh, a winger on your bottom four, I think that's a pretty good problem. Or, or excuse me, let me back a bottom four winger on your next uh, playoff team. I think that's a pretty good problem for you. And yeah, he has experience definitely. with Lemieux. So exactly. That's so, the reason. Not so as so like. but he's sitting
1: tonight. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, all right, guys. I think uh, I think they're getting ready to drop the puck there at Staples Center. So I think we ought to wrap this up so we can uh, just give us a win, please tonight. Just one win. That's all we ask.
2: Yeah, let's see how they mm-hmm. start. Uh, it has to be better than the first seven uh, seven minutes twenty eight seconds to the last game, guys, because that was brutal. I was already yeah. tuned
1: out. Brutal. Was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but let's hold for the best. How's that sound? Yeah,
2: so just a quick announcement. I mean, for us listeners, we're going to be on uh, us three here, Ryan, Russell, and Scott. We're going to be on Locked on Kings podcast this Friday with Sarah. Um, Next week, we got Matt Luff coming on the program, and we also have Alex the Ferrier. So be on the lookout for that.
1: Oh, and we launched a Facebook page too, didn't we?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the most important news there, of course.
1: Awesome. Can't forget that. All right. Follow us
2: or like us or whatever you do on Facebook. That's
1: right. And keep up with everything that's going on at the Hockey Royalty Podcast. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys, let's wrap this up and go watch some hockey. All right. So, for Russell Morgan, for Ryan Sykes, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go, Kings, go.